0: What up, Sam? It's the tale of the tins. The fuck life! Sam? Alright, season two, episode 55. So, I want to start off by taking a moment out here, before I get into anybody at all today, about how Spotify sent me an update on its rules... And is basically trying to warn me that I'm not allowed to speak about my opinion on the events that have been going on for the past two years or so. I'm honestly curious if anyone listening thinks that I give even a fraction of a fuck about what Spotify or anybody else has to say. (laughs) Honestly, I don't think I've brought up the events of the past two years at all, if any. But guess what? I'm gonna now I have my opinion on what's going on and I'm not really going to get too into that right now but I will say this it is a very well informed and educated opinion on both sides of the fence I'm not one of these people that says he's educated or informed because he read what he wanted to read or he read something that fit his narrative even when I'm just having a conversation with my cousin that's about nothing it could be about a video game or whatever the case is I always want to play devil's advocate. I always like looking at things from both ways just to see which one makes more sense. Now, I don't even really think that that needs to happen right now because my five-year-old can literally see that what's going on makes no sense. So I'm not really sure how informed you really have to be at this point to see what's going on. But the point of me saying all this is to point out how when people threaten you over something you believe in, You don't fall in line and say, I have no choice. You stand on your morals and what you believe in. Is Spotify allowed to give its opinion on what's going on? Because if Spotify can give its opinion, then so can I. And even if Spotify can't, then I'm going to say you sold out and sold your morals for a paycheck and you are not allowed to speak your own opinion. So I don't respect any of that. I don't care what position you're in what line of work you're in if you've sold your morals for a paycheck i just don't particularly respect that because it's not something i would do i'm not you you're not me you're free to do what you want but when you're doing shit that affects my life and my children's life don't expect me to sit there silently and say there's nothing i can do so i'm just going to go on record right now and say publicly that spotify can suck my cock if it thinks for one millisecond that it's gonna censor my educated opinions. Understand that I would throw this platform, any money made, and the entire podcast itself right in the trash before I let anybody dictate the way that I operate and you can put your last fucking dollar on that. These people really think that they're in control of what everybody else does and says with their life, but I'll be damned if my kids don't grow up with a normal future. Shit's looking really bleak right now, but that don't mean that I have to sit back and bite my tongue. I'll keep fighting for mine and my children's future regardless of what they threaten to take away from me. As long as I have my three girls, I need nothing else, period. I don't need to be at any fucking sporting events or boxing matches or go anywhere or take anyone's planes or anything else. So have a grand old time with your useless attempts, at making me conform and fall in line and now with that absolute fucking garbage out of the way and hopefully we never ever have to bring this up again but if i'm threatened again i'm gonna make the same fucking statement again but anyway with that out of the way let's get into the music now on today's episode we have hussein fatal and big pun So I would assume that anyone on here probably knows who Big Pun is. If you're not aware of who Hussein Fatal is, he's a member of Tupac's group, The Outlaws. Now, Tupac, Hussein Fatal, and Big Psych were actually the only Outlaws members to make the cut. And because as a group, they officially had 10 members, the Outlaws as a group did not make the cut. Pac and Psych we've already covered on here, so Fatal will be the last remaining member of the Outlaws to be covered here on this podcast. Now, as far as my opinions on these two, I have to admit, I've been a little back and forth with the Outlaws. Way prior to this study, we're talking like 01 to 06. I used to say often that I thought the Outlaws were underrated. However, when I went through a handful of songs to see who did and didn't make the cut, There were a lot of technical mishaps by most members, and as soon as I heard them, they sounded familiar, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, these guys have definitely had some great verses and songs, but probably were not consistently very good, technically speaking. On top of that, they were closest friends with one of the biggest rappers of all time, who not only co-signed them, but was actively in the group. And they still really never managed to garner much mainstream or commercial success. Now all things considered, like I said, most of them wound up not making the cut. Which for me personally is a bit unfortunate because I like most of the Outlaw's music. And was kind of excited to not only go through their catalog. But to see how they would wind up finishing overall. Were they underrated? Were they overrated? Were they slept on? Etc. We may never officially know now but... We will get to see how the best of them rank so we can make our assumptions from there. As far as what I expected from Hussein Fatal, I can't say it was very much. Most other members of the group didn't make the cut, which led me to believe that they couldn't have been anything special. And why would Fatal really be any different? That's not to say that he couldn't be, but I'm just going off of what my general consensus was when I started going through to see which one of these guys made the cut. I was still intrigued to see just where some of Tupac's closest homies finished in this study though. So it is definitely always that. But now, let's discuss my opinions and expectations on Big Pun because those are drastically different from Hussein Fatal's. So, first of all, Big Pun's debut album, Capital Punishment, is one of my top 25 favorite hip-hop albums of all time. And is actually probably even inside that top 10. Now, Big Pun himself has always been inside my top 5 or 10 overall as well, so it would be an understatement to say that I was a very Big Pun fan, no pun intended. (laughs) Now, I remember having a constant, I don't want to say, I don't know if it's an argument, but it was a little bit of a back and forth bickering, and it went on for years. I used to have this debate with somebody who would always ask me who I thought was better between Big Pun and Big L. Personally, I always had a very tough time answering this question. I always had some sort of an issue with this question and would usually respond with, I don't know, man, they're both in my top five. I can't pick one. And it would kind of depend. Like if I was bumping some L that day, I might have just subconsciously leaned towards L. If I was bumping some pun or I was listening to somebody that maybe was rhyming more syllables or faster and things like that, I might have given pun as an answer. So, when it came to, like, my opinion, I may not have been able to favor one over the other, but this study will do it for me. Now, if you've been listening along, we all know that Big L is sitting comfortably inside of our top six so far. So anything anywhere near that would obviously be an awesome finish for Pun. Also, I'd say it was scarily accurate of me if both of these guys wind up inside the top ten and very close to each other. I've been embarrassingly wrong with some of my predictions on artists so far, so let's get into these two and see how I did there. Both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1998, but we're going to start off with Hussein Fatal, as he was the first of the two to have an album out. His birth name is Bruce Edward Washington Jr., also known as Fatal Hussein, born April 3rd, 1973 in Montclair, New Jersey, United States, and died July 10th, 2015 in Banks County, Georgia, United States. His years active are listed as 1994 to 2015. So, pretty basic and self-explanatory stuff there, so let's move into some background info on Hussein Fatal and see how that reads. Bruce Edward Washington Jr., April 3rd, 1973 to July 10th, 2015, better known by his stage name Hussein Fatal or sometimes as Fatal Hussein, was an American rapper best known for his collaborative work with Tupac Shakur as a member of the rap group Outlaw Immortals, or just Outlaws. So, really nothing extra there on top of the information we've already had, but I do certainly want to say rest in peace to Hussein Fatal Man, who was taken too soon just about seven years ago in a car crash, and it's pretty crazy, man, because officially the Outlaws had ten members and four of them are deceased. So almost 50% of the group is dead at this point, and they're not that old to be experiencing numbers like that, so crazy stuff there to see that, man. Rest in peace to all the outlaws who passed, for sure. And now let's read up on what I wrote down about Hussein Fatal. Early on, Hussein Fatal pleasantly surprised me. Although he did lose his flow and take shortcuts sometimes, he was good with syllables and rhyme schemes and finished just above average lyrically overall. He did, however, have a habit of recycling lines at times. I was a bit surprised to see that Hussein Fatal had as much solo work as he did, especially recently. In total, he qualified six albums for scoring. His debut solo album was a great one, and the other five were good. He seemed to fall off a bit towards the middle of his catalog, but picked it back up on his latest album. He qualified 83 songs for scoring. None of those were weak, while two were great and another 23 were good songs. Fatal's impact on the hip-hop game is a bit all over the place and a tough one to gauge. On one hand, he was a major part of Tupac's group. On the other hand, he was never able to sell a lot of records or have any major success, despite the cosign. He also didn't have any definitive impacts on any other artists. When it came to originality, there was a bit of give and take. He did have a unique sound and delivery at times, but his content or message was rarely unique. He also had a pretty typical image in general. So, the majority of that breakdown sounded like some give and take, you know, even just right off the bat, we're talking about lyrically, it was, I don't want to like call him inconsistent, because it wasn't sporadic, it just seemed to take a dip in the middle and then rise back up at the end, but, I mean, pretty much everything about his career was kind of like that, lyrically he was like that, with albums he was mostly like that, I mean, a little bit more consistent with the albums, but the first one a great album and then the rest were good, Um, You know, song is the same thing we spoke about. It took a little bit of a dip in the middle. Impact, you got that give and take. And originality, you got that give and take. So, kind of sounded like a bit on both sides of the fence there for Hussein Fatal. So, let's take a look at the numbers and see where he winds up. Lyrics, he gets a five and a half. And, you know, we just spoke about it a second ago. It was, there were some things that were give and take. And it took a bit of a dip in the middle. I would say that early on, he went to... Just above average lyrically, just based on that first album, I had him him above average, and then more towards the middle, he dipped back down to like average, maybe even bordering just below average, and then on that latest album, was able to carry himself back up to a a 5.5, so like I said, a bit of give and take there lyrically. There were times he lost his flow and took some shortcuts and stuff like that, but like I said, he was also pretty good with syllables and rhyme schemes, and I thought the good slightly outweighed the bad, so just above average there at 5.5 for Hussein Fatal lyrically. Albums, he gets a 4.40 with zero classics, and like we spoke about, he didn't have all that much work. Now, it surprised me that he even had that much work, because... I really wasn't aware of what The Outlaws had. You know, like if Tupac wasn't on that particular song or some of the songs weren't really featured as a bonus disc on something of Tupac's or something like that, I didn't really know of The Outlaws particularly having a lot of group work or any of its members having a lot of solo work. So I was a little bit surprised to see that Hussein Fatal registered six albums. Now again, that's not to say that six albums is a lot, but I was expecting one or two. And albums was one of his most consistent areas in general. He had six albums, one great album, five good albums. That's not to say that they were all right around the same score, but pretty consistent with the quality of, of work that he put out when it came to his albums. Songs, he gets a plus plus point two four, So just about plus a quarter of a point there for Hussein Fatal, which... That's nothing major at all, but again, you're getting a quarter of a point. You could be losing a quarter of a point. That turns into a half a point swing right there. So it's obviously a good thing that he's gaining points instead of losing points, or even that he's gaining a little bit as opposed to just staying at zero. He got to that number by having two great songs out of the 83 songs that he qualified for scoring and no weak songs. So about 2.5% of his work was great, and that comes out to a plus point two four. 024 Impact, he gets a 4.5, which is a just below average score, and like I said, you have to take everything into consideration here. There's obviously two sides of the fence, a close friend of Tupac, in a group with Tupac and stuff like that. Again, that has to count for something, even if it just happened to be that he was in the right place at the right time and was friends with Tupac. It is what it is. He still was in a group with one of the most legendary rappers of all time. It has to count for something, but again... The fact that he's being co-signed by one of the greatest of all time or one of the most impactful legendary of all time and is in a group with that guy and is still never really able to garner any major success both when that guy is alive nor when that guy passed, that also has to be taken into consideration. The thing that I really felt broke the bank and put him at just below average as opposed to those two things kind of canceling each other out and him staying at even was the fact that On top of the lack of commercial success despite the cosign and despite being in a group with Tupac, he also didn't have any clear influences on any other artists. So, just below average score there, four and a half for Impact. And then originality, he gets a five. And like I said, there was give and take in this department, the same as there was in almost every other department. Um, You know, there were times where his sound and his delivery were relatively unique to the point where it was like, all right, you know, I I see what he's doing. I, I see his style. But like I said, his content, his messages, things like that, you know, the things that he was talking about in his songs and stuff like that were very rarely ever unique or original in any way. And, you know, just looking at the guy, his his image was pretty typical in general. So there wasn't all that much there to give him for originality aside from the little bit of the sound and the delivery. But like I said, there were other things that kind of evened that out. And he stayed at a five, which is an average score for originality. So... You add all those five numbers up, and you divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 3.93, which leaves Hussein Fatal in a three-way tie for 143rd place of 189 artists done overall. So, not a great finish there for Hussein Fatal, and like I said prior to starting this study, I would have probably predicted a better finish from him, and honestly expected almost all of the outlaws to at least make the cut, So definitely a bit of a surprise there for me. But once I got a little into this study and started to not only see the caliber but the accomplishments of some of these artists being covered, it became apparently painful that a lot of artists that I like were not going to make the cut or were going to make the cut and not score very well. And just for the record, Fatal is in a three-way tie with Chi Ali and Noriega of CNN, both of whom we've covered in the study so far. So... While it's a pretty random three names, it's not as ironic or coincidental as some of the other ties that we've had, but cool stuff nonetheless is I would never correlate any of those three guys to be in the same sentence with each other at all, so cool stuff. Now, let's move on to Big Pun, who also had his debut album out in 1998. His birth name is Christopher Lee Rios, also known as Big Punisher, born November 10, 1971 in New York City, United States. Died February 7, 2000 in White Plains, New York, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1995 to 2000. So Pun's birthday just a couple of days before mine. I don't know why, but I always find it exciting when people have the same or almost the same birthday as me. But Anyhow, nothing else really out of the ordinary there, so let's check out some more background information on Pun and see what we can find. Christopher Lee Rios, November 10, 1971 to February 7, 2000, better known by his stage name Big Pun, short for Big Punisher, was an American rapper and songwriter. Pun's lyrics are notable for their technical efficiency, having exceptional breath control, heavy use of alliteration, as well as internal and multisyllabic rhyming schemes. He is frequently cited as one of the best MCs of all time. Emerging from the underground hip-hop scene in the Bronx borough of New York City in the early 1990s, he came to prominence during the latter half of the decade for his work with Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. Big Pun was initially discovered by Fat Joe and made his earliest appearance on Fat Joe's 1995 album Jealous One's Envy. In 1997, he signed with Loud Records as a solo artist and released his Grammy-nominated debut studio album, Capital Punishment, in April of 1998 to critical acclaim and commercial success, peaking at number 5 on the Billboard 200 and becoming the first solo hip-hop record by a Latino artist to go platinum. So I'm sure most people are aware that Pun was around for a very short period of time, but Nonetheless, still able to garner some pretty solid accolades in that time. On top of him being widely regarded as one of the best lyricists and MCs of all time, he was also the first Latin rapper to ever go platinum and had pretty decent commercial success, especially considering his small window of time he was here and his rhyme style. So let's go through my write-up of Big Pun and see how that reads. PUN is yet another example of someone I personally had very high on my list of the greatest rappers of all time, as many do, only to backtrack a bit on that statement after starting this study. I had come across so many amazing lyricists and original artists that I started to doubt some of my original picks. Allow me to just say that Big PUN did not disappoint. He was absolutely astonishing when it came to multisyllabic rhymes and utilizing different rhyme schemes. Pun was also tremendous at being able to hold a topic throughout an entire song and seemed to be one of those people who could probably murder a verse about anything. On top of that, in general, he did have a way of painting clear and vivid images with his rhymes when he wanted to. At times, Pun's struggle with his weight became apparent on songs as you could hear him wheezing as he would lose his breath and flow and became a bit difficult to understand at times, especially on some not-so-big features. But he did have his fair share of dope lines, and his ability to go absolutely ballistic on some entire songs back-to-back greatly outweighed any issues he may have had, and he finished as a great lyricist overall. As we all know, Pun's life was cut short, and he was only able to register three qualified albums for scoring. Two solo, which were both classics, and one with Terror Squad, which was a good album. Altogether, he only registered 39 songs in total. 18 of those 39 were great, another 14 were good, and none were weak. Two amazing things that need to be noted here. Close to 50% of Big Pun's songs were great songs, and he only had a total of 7 average songs his entire career. Both of these stats are pretty remarkable, and if that's not enough, 82% of his total material was good or better. While Pun's reign in the hip hop game wasn't a long one, it was certainly an impactful one. In only a handful of years, Pun had visible impacts on Eminem, Vinnie Paz, Slug, Lazy Bone, Busy Bone, Capone, Nas, Pete Rock, Sticky Fingers, Fredro Star, Sonny Caesar, AG, Fat Joe, Remy Ma, Method Man, Will Smith, and others. He was also the first solo hip-hop Latino artist to go platinum and is held in very high regard by both the hip-hop community and other rappers. When it came to originality, while he wasn't out in left field, Pun certainly had his own flavor and sound and was certainly not afraid to be himself or go against the grain and say what he wanted. So that obviously sounds like a great write-up there for Big Pun in pretty much every possible way aside for the fact that he died early And had a small amount of material. So very unfortunate stuff there. But that sounds like a tremendous write up. So let's hop right into the math here for pun. And see how we wind up. Lyrics he gets an 8. And even though this is a great lyric score. I really need to point out. How absolutely ridiculous it is. That somebody climbed all the way up to an 8 lyrically. In only 39 songs. If you were at a total full understanding which really can almost never be possible because the mathematical formulas that I have for the, this stuff is so intricate and there's so many different things that go into each aspect of every bar that it, it literally would be almost impossible to explain every single facet of how everyone is scored. But I obviously did give the very high majority of all the formulas and the way that things work in the, the intro in the 80s you know, the first podcast episode ever, but it is very difficult, not only to climb this high, but to climb this high this quickly is really, really amazing. Now, again, when you have a small body of work, yes, it's going to be quote unquote easier to raise your score because on your second album, if you're going ballistic and you're already at, let's say a six and a half from your first album, once you get, you know, almost halfway through that second album, you're still looking at almost 50% of your work there because you only have one album prior to that. Whereas on your 18th album, if you've been a 5.5 or a 6 throughout the first 18 albums and all of a sudden you're an 8 on your last album, that's not going to carry you up to an 8. You'll be lucky if that carries you up to a 6.5 because for 17 out of 18 albums, you were a five and a half, six. Now on the last one, you're an eight or whatever. So yes, everything that he does is going to affect his lyrical score a little bit more than some people like KRS-One or E-40 or people like that that have really big catalogs. But again, that goes both ways. So anytime Pun ever used a shortcut or a run on bar or anything like that, that's also going to have a bigger effect because of his smaller body of work. So that's why I'm trying to make a point that to climb that high that quickly is ridiculous. Now, we don't know what happens if Pun stays here and puts out 10 albums. Is he able to keep that, that level of ridiculousness through 10 albums? Obviously, you can't say that he wouldn't have been able to because he never did anything to show you that. But you also can't say that he would have been able to because, quite frankly, we just don't know. Now, you also can pose the question, even if he was capable of continuing on in that level of ridiculousness or in that level of skill, would he have? Right? Just because somebody can do something doesn't mean that they will. Now, again, I'm not trying to map out what Pun's future was and say, well, Pun was going to sell out or whatever, because Pun obviously didn't seem like that type of dude. I'm just trying to make a point. We can't just assume Hey, man, come on, bro. You know Pun was dope. Don't punish him for only having 39 songs. It's not that I'm punishing him, bro. It's just that you have to be able to give people credit when somebody did something throughout a course of 22 albums and somebody else only did it throughout a course of two or three albums. You have to give the guy that did it for 22 albums somewhat of a little bit more of credit than the guy that was only able to do it for three. I mean, You know, look at hockey or whatever sport you watch. I don't really know a lot of athletes. I don't really watch anything except hockey and boxing. So I apologize for not being able to give a better example if you guys can't relate. But Wayne Gretzky holds like 37 uh, hockey records. Like, you know, single season records, uh, full career records, single game records. The list just goes on and on and on. Now, Mario Lemieux, if you look at their stats... Mario Lemieux has very, very similar stats to Wayne Gretzky. Now, I'm not going to say that they're just as good, but they're very, very close. And we don't know what would have happened had Lemieux been able to play the same amount of games as Gretzky. He may have tailed off, and we may have really seen why Gretzky was better. He also may have kept up that pace throughout his entire career where Gretzky tailed off at the end. Now, Gretzky was so ridiculous throughout most of his career... That when he only scored 16 goals in his last season or whatever it was, it didn't bring his average down that much because he had seasons where he was scoring 92, 81, whatever the hell it was. So, like I said, with the Lyric score, right, that's not going to kill his average that much because of how long he was around and how consistently he was ridiculous. Mario Lemieux didn't play anywhere near the amount of games that Wayne Gretzky did for those of you who don't know Mario Lemieux wound up getting cancer and had to miss a lot of playing time and then when he came back he had to retire early so when you look at their total stats Mario Lemieux absolutely nowhere near Wayne Gretzky but when you look at their single season stats and their single game stats and their averages and things like that they're very very close now if you force me to pick somebody who's better, who am I going to pick? I got to go with Gretzky, bro. You got to credit the guy that was able to do that for 20 years over the guy that was only able to do it for seven or eight. It's just the way it is. And in this case, you're talking about some people being around for 20, 25 years, having 10, 15 classic albums, whatever it is, and you know being that good or better throughout the whole thing. So again, you have to keep everything into consideration. That being said, I will go out on a limb and say Big Pun was probably one of the greatest lyricists of all time, and had he been able to keep up this pace or better and stayed alive, he he could have been possibly, I mean, I still think he is probably one of the greatest lyricists of all time, but mathematically, he might have been one of your top one or two guys for sure. He was absolutely ridiculous. I was really mind-blown by some of the shit that this guy was able to do, and how consistently he was able to do it. It didn't matter what he rapped about. He still was able to rhyme eight, 12, 16 syllables on two bars. He still was able to have punchlines in there, even though he was rhyming all these syllables. He still was throwing complicated rhyme schemes in there with punchlines, with syllables, while talking about a specific topic. I know me, for example, when I get overly topical, I'm not going to say that I won't have any dope lines or any deep lines or I'll only rhyme one syllable. That's not what I'm saying. But you're definitely not going to get as many mind-blowing lines from me in a a specific topical song where I'm just making sure that I'm addressing one issue as you will from me in a song that's just bars and it's about nothing. Every fucking line from me is going to be ridiculous in that particular scenario. But I'm very big on being able to hold a topic and being able to rap about anything. That's part of of having a talent of being able to rap. So if you can't do that, does it mean you suck? No. But if two guys are at the same level lyrically, and one can just rap about anything and still keep his level of, of skill, where the other guy just can't... I, I don't know, man. I, I can't rap about a, a plastic table. Where, big pun... I gotta rap about a plastic table, this guy come in and fucking murder it and rhyme, you know, 30 syllables on a handful of bars and have four punchlines about the table being plastic. And it's like, how the fuck did you even do that? Like, who the fuck raps about a plastic table? So it's like, again, you have to keep things into consideration. You have to give people credit for the things that they are able to do where other people are not able to do them, and again, those people have to lose credit where they're not able to do them. So, Big Pun, extremely, extremely impressive in pretty much every facet lyrically, and he gets an 8, which, like I said, had he been around longer and kept that pace, that could have certainly gone up for sure. Albums, he gets a 6.93 with two classics, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's not... So, so insane because he didn't have 15 albums, but that album score of 6.93 is an average of every album you put out being a classic. Now, the albums that he put out solo were all classics. The one with Terra Squad was not a classic. So technically, no, not all of his albums were classics but his classics were so high of a score that it still carried that other Terror Squad up to being averaged as a classic. So he's only going to get the two additional points for his solo albums being classics. But they were so good that it was still able to keep his average album score at a classic, even though that Terror Squad album was not only not a classic, but only a good album. Now, me saying only good is not to knock it. But I'm just trying to make a point of how high his albums had to score to carry a good album up to a classic average. So that song score in itself is ridiculous. Now again, it would be more ridiculous had he averaged classics over 10, 15, 20 albums for sure. But I mean the man was only here for a short amount of time and I can only judge him on what he put out. And what he put out was absolutely incredible. Now, all of your solo work as well being a classic album, again, it's only two, so it's not the same as somebody putting out 22 albums and 20 of them being classics, but again, 100% of the material you put out was classic. That's fucking absurd. Can you imagine if he was able to keep that pace and put out 15, 20, 25 albums? We're still here today doing the same thing. I mean, when you look at the potential here for pun, the fucking, there looks like there's no ceiling to it. I mean, the guy was just incredible with what he was able to put out songs. He gets a plus 4.6. I mean, come on, bro. 4.6. Like I said, 39 songs, 18 great songs, no weak songs almost 50% of his material being great, 82% of it being good or better, which that particular stat doesn't really come to his song score, but 46% of his songs, great songs, that comes out to a plus 4.6, I talk all the time, man, if you're plus or minus a full point, that's major, this guy is almost plus 5 points, I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous, so you know, I don't need to talk about how incredible that is right there for Big Pun. That's an incredible, incredible song score. Impact, he gets an 8.5, and, and this is one of those things where we don't know what would have happened had he stayed around. This could have declined, right? Pun could have fell off. Um, you know, that could be both in, in content and quality. That could be just in the amount of material. Maybe Big Pun just, you know, only made 3, 4, 5 albums and just faded off into the sunset. We really don't know what would have happened going forward, but again, I can only judge Pun for what he did while he was here. Now, the fact that he only has three albums, really only two, I mean, the other one is, you know, a group effort with Terror Squad, but three registered albums, 39 total registered songs, stuff like that, only a couple of years active. His years active are listed as 1995 to 2000, so Yeah, you got to take those things into consideration for sure. But again, think about the fact that in just five years or whatever it was, it really wasn't even five years because his debut album didn't come out until 1998 and he was dead by 2000. So, I mean, realistically, this guy only had two real years to build this number up. So we have to keep in mind that in just two years... This guy became the first Latino solo act to go platinum. He had impacts on a tremendous number of people. Big names. Eminem, Vinnie, Paz, Slug, Lazy Bone, Busy Bone, Capone, Nas, Pete Rock, Sticky Fingers, Fredro Star, Sonny Caesar, AG, Facho, Remy Ma, Method Man, Will Smith, and others. There's people that are out for 15-20 years and don't influence anybody. This guy was out for two years And has an incredible list of names of people he influenced. And I'm not even out of the 90s yet in this study. So that list of names could grow for sure. So, yes, we have to keep into consideration that he was around for a short period of time. We have to keep into consideration that he has a very small body of work. We also have to keep into consideration that almost 50% of that work was great. 100% of that work was classic. And he influenced all these fucking people and broke all these damn records in just two years. So that's a bit of give and take with where the two years hurts him and where the two years helps him. But nonetheless, all the other things factored in. You got to give the guy an impact of eight and a half. So, you know, an incredible score there for sure. And even more incredible that he was able to garner that score in just two years. And then originality, he gets a seven and a half. Like I said, you know, Pun wasn't one of those absolutely absurd people that was rapping about things that nobody else was rapping about or you know, dressed overly ridiculous or anything like that. But again, Pun certainly had his own flavor. He brought that Latino hip-hop to life. He created his own lane there. He had his own sound. And on top of everything else, you can tell for sure, in no way, shape, or form, was Big Pun ever afraid to be himself in any way. Whether that came to his image, his content, whether he was doing an interview and was just giving an unpopular opinion, it didn't matter. Pun was 100% himself and was not afraid to go against the grain or say what he wanted regardless of who his feathers that was going to ruffle. So, again, we're not throwing out a 9 or a 10 here because he wasn't outlandishly original in image or content. But we are going to give this guy a very good score of 7.5 here in the originality department because he was definitely himself and was way more unique and original than he was typical. That's for sure. So you add those six numbers up because we got the lyrics, the album score, the two points for the classics, the song score, the impact score, and the originality score. So you add those six numbers up, not five, and you divide by five, which is the number of categories that we're working on here. You get a final rating of 7.41, which puts big pun in drum roll please. Third place of 189 artists done overall. So obviously an absolutely tremendous finish there for Big Pun. Finishing inside of our top three overall so far, which will certainly finish him inside of our top ten when this is all said and done. Possibly even our top five. Well, who the hell knows? Maybe he stays where he is at third. We'll have to wait and see. But regardless, absolutely incredible stuff here from Big Pun. I can't say enough about the fact that This guy was only around for a couple of years, only registered three albums for scoring, and still managed to finish this high. Off the bat, that's a difficult task. Mathematically speaking, it's near impossible. So, Big Pun proving he is absolutely one of the greatest rappers of all time. And with that finish, we get another song breakdown here from Big Pun, and I expect this to be another amazing one. So, let's go to Big Pun's list. Let's hit random, and this is Big Pun, Beware, off of his debut album Capital Punishment in 1998, and like I said, this is one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time, and I absolutely love this song. I don't remember off the top of my head how it's scored technically, but I have no doubt there will be some impressive stuff here from Pun, so let's get into Beware.
1: I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, beware Gave you fair warning, beware. Yeah. what you thought, punk shit was sweet. Now you can't sleep. Gotta keep your eyes open wide and hide your face from the streets. I'm like the beast with a warrant far from a Norman. and gave you fair warning. Now you wanna stay squallin'. I'm calling out any rapper that I doubt. Smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out. No doubt, Freddy Fox fouls 20 shot, auto block plow, Benny blind quarter rock style. With a twist of black in the brow, swish a cap in the mouth, sleep with the fish, ditch for yapping till now.
0: Okay, let's pause it there in the middle of the verse. Like I said, some dope stuff here from Pun. So let's go over what he said and break it down. He said, Yo, what you thought, Pun shit was weak, now you can't sleep. Gotta keep your eyes open wide and hide your face from the streets. So, nothing too ridiculous here as far as what he's saying. He's saying, yo, what you thought, Pun shit was weak, now you can't sleep. So he's basically saying... what you thought, bro? You fucked up? You thought something about me that wasn't true? Now I'm coming after you. Now you can't fucking sleep because you're nervous about me. Got to keep your eyes open wide and hide your face from the streets. So he's basically saying you just shouldn't open your mouth about me. You thought I was a pussy. You thought I was soft. You thought I sucked. Whatever it was that you said about me. Now you can't even fucking hang around your hood. You better pay attention. You better watch your back. So again, No ridiculous punchlines there. Not a tremendous amount of syllables, rhymed or anything like that. But we do have an A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern here where he says, Yo, what you thought, pun shit, was weak? A. Now you can't sleep? A. Gotta keep your eyes open wide, B, and hide, B, your face from the streets. So, like I said, an A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern there from Big Pun. So, good stuff there. Nothing too incredible, but good stuff there. Then he says... I'm like the beast with a warrant, far from a lawman, gave you fair warning, now you on the stairs falling. So he's just going off of what he said before, you know, he's saying you you spoke shit about me, now you can't sleep, you gotta hide your face from the streets. And he goes on, I'm like the beast with a warrant, obviously indicating the cops, right? So he's saying, you know how the cops will come raid a, a crib, you know, we got a warrant, they kick the door in, yada yada. So he's saying, I'm like the beast with a warrant. Like, I'm coming to your fucking door and I'm kicking it down. But I'm far from a lawman. Gave you fair warning, now you on the stairs falling. So, similar stuff here to the first one, only instead of having a rhyme scheme that's going to raise us up here a little bit, we're going to have a lot of syllables that are going to raise us up here a little bit. So, there's no rhyme schemes here, but we do have warrant, lawman, fair warning, and stairs falling. So, there is ten syllables rhymed on the two bars there. So we can see how we haven't seen anything super, super ridiculous yet, but we have seen an increase here on every couple of bars. So every bar or two here does have something above average on it, and that pretty much went on for Pun's entire career, which, like I said, wasn't huge, but he was incredible with this stuff, and he was consistent with this stuff. So now, continuing on from what he said there, he goes... I'm calling out any rapper that I doubt, smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out. So nothing special here, not with syllables or rhyme schemes. So nothing particularly to raise the song score here, but again, certainly nothing to take it away. It's not like this line doesn't make any sense. I mean, the two bars lead right into each other. I'm calling out any rapper that I doubt, smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out. So it's just... You know, I don't want to call it filler and act like it's garbage because it's not. But I mean, he's not really trying to do anything too absurd there. That's just some straightforward, simple shit. Then he goes on to say, "No doubt, Freddie Fox files twenty-shot auto Glock blau, Benny Blanc, Porter, Rock style." So a couple of things probably to explain here. So he says, "No doubt, Freddie Fox files." Now, Freddie Fox is somebody that we've covered in this study on the podcast already, aka Bumpy Knuckles. So, Freddie Fox was a very aggressive dude, Um, and you know, from what I understood, from listening to his music, from listening to interviews, from listening to what other people had to say and stuff like that, Freddie Fox was no joke, especially when it came to the hands. So, that's why coming off of him, calling out any rapper that I doubt, smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out, no doubt, Freddie Fox files. He's kind of just saying, I'm going to do some shit like Freddie Fox used to do. Freddie Fox used to fuck people up, and here I come. Now we're going to take a page out of Freddie Fox's book. Another thing I do want to point out about the other two bars is, no, there's nothing there to raise the song score, but his flow is always ridiculous. You can hear it when I say it without even having a beat. I'm calling out any rapper that I doubt, smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out. So... Pun's flow was always ridiculously on point on top of all the other things that he was able to work in here. So coming off that no doubt Freddy Fox files line, he goes on to say 20 shot auto Glock blow." So Glock blow rhymes with Fox files the way that he said it. I understand it's a stretch. Files and blow don't really technically rhyme, but he makes it work here. And then he goes on to say Benny Blanc Porter rock style. So... First of all, before we get into the technical aspects of the bars, like I explained about Freddy Fox and stuff like that, and I'm sure that everybody knows 20 shot auto Glock, that's a gun, a Glock is, is a gun, and um, you know he's basically just saying, I got a 20 shot automatic, I don't need to keep fucking squeezing the trigger or cocking anything back, I got a 20 shot and I'm holding the trigger down, blow. So then he says, Benny Blanc, a Rock style. So when he says Benny Blanc Port-A-Rock style, he's referring to Benny Blanco from the movie Carlito's Way, who essentially was like an up-and-coming gangster that was plotting on taking out the head guy. So. I'm sure you can understand what he's getting at with these four bars. I'm calling out any rapper that I doubt, smack him in the mouth, throw him in the yoke, boom, then I knock him out. No doubt, Freddie Fox fouls, 20 shot auto, Glock Blau, Benny Blanc, Porter Rockstyle. Now, on top of me explaining to you what everything means, we have another eight syllables rhymed here. Because we have Fox files, Glock Blau, Rock style. so that's six. And then we have shot and blank. So we have eight syllables rhymed. Plus we have an A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern. Which is not only dope and not only, I don't want to call it super difficult. Because it's not super difficult. And it's definitely not the most difficult we've seen. But it is very unique. It's not one that you see often. And to have a scenario where... Now there's not any crazy, amazing lines in there, but the flow is dope. Everything's leading into each other perfectly, makes perfect sense. Eight syllables rhymed in the two bars, plus a unique A-B-A-B-A rhyme pattern. I mean, these are multiple impressive things that are squeezed into a two-bar span here. And then the last two bars of the first half, he continues on with what he was saying. 20 shot, auto, Glock, Blau, Benny Blanc, Porter, Rock style. With a twist of black and I'm proud. Twist your cap and I'm out. Sleep with the fish dips for yapping too loud. Now, when you break down each word here on this, right? Black and I'm proud, cap and I'm out. It's not eight syllables rhymed because the two middle words are end um. So it's black with cap and proud without, right? But then on the last one, we have yapping too loud. So it's not end um in the middle. So... It's not anything in particular where there's four here and four there, right? It's not just a four syllable word and another four syllable word and eight syllables rhyme. But when you add all those up, they do add up to over eight. So it's not as ridiculous as it seems when you just listen to Wit a Twist the Black and I'm Proud, Twist Your Cap and I'm Out, Sleep with the Fish Dips for Yapping Too Loud. It sounds like it could be 12 syllables rhyme there, which it's not. It's really only eight. But again, enough here to raise the song score a little bit. So let's let the second half of this first verse play out here and then we'll break down what Pun said there.
1: And now, niggas is hard as hell, but they gargamel sticking on the smallest victim, gives them hard to kill. My squad is real and hold it down the hardest. Regardless, what size of the largest? We polish the floor with the rawest, hard carrotest. Flawless victory, and niggas can't do shit to me physically, lyrically, hypothetically, realistically. It'd be epitome of catch a wreck Catch it when you cash a check, smash it when you pass the shacking for your fucking legs. Not less in the best of the squad did it. Hard-headed niggas better beware and fear, like God said it. I gave a fair warning, beware, beware. I gave a fair warning, beware,
0: beware. Alright, so as good as Pun was on the first half of that verse, he took it to another level on the second half of that verse. So let's get into what he said and we'll break it down. This won't even be easy because there's going to be so many syllables and rhyme schemes in here that I apologize if I miss any. But it's a lot to try to sit here and read these and remember you know, what was what. When I'm listening to this music, it's a little bit easier for me to do it as I'm listening because I'm just keeping track as it's going along. Here I'm stopping and I'm reading lyrics and stuff like that. So it's a little bit harder to catch everything when I do this as I'm not just in a zone listening to a song and counting as it goes along, but nonetheless, we'll make sure that we try to get everything covered here. So Coming off of the seventh and eighth bar when he said with a twist of black and I'm proud twist your cap and a am out Sleep with the fish dips for yapping too loud. He goes in to say what's happening now. So that's another one where It's going off of the same rhyme scheme with the four syllables there So then he said niggas is hot as hell But they gargamel's picking on the smallest victim gives them heart to kill so a couple of things here first of all Gargamel is a character from the Smurfs. Now, I never was really into the Smurfs, so I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail detail here. But from what I understand, Gargamel is like a bigger what I don't know what he, I don't know if he's a bigger Smurf or a bigger character or whatever the case is, and he's always messing with the Smurfs or whatever. So he's basically saying I'm not impressed by what you're doing. Yeah, you're doing this shit. I I I get that. But I'm not impressed because you're doing it to a bunch of pussies or whatever the case is. You're going to be beating up somebody who ain't going to fight back. I I don't... That doesn't make you hard to me. On top of that line... Now, I don't think that that line is good enough in itself to raise the song score. But it does make sense. And let's talk about the technicalities here that go into this line. So first of all, we have an A-A-B-B-B-A rhyme pattern here. So we have hard as hell A... Gargamel's A, Pickin' B, Victim B, Gives'em B, Heart to Kill A. So like I said, an A, A, B, 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 A rhyme pattern there. We have Heart as Hell, Gargamel's, which is six syllables, Pickin' and Victim, which is another four, that's ten, plus gives Gives'em is twelve, and Heart to Kill is fifteen. So we have an A-A-B-B-B-A rhyme pattern. 15 syllables rhymed in the two bars here. Plus the What's Happening Now, which went back to yapping too loud on the bar before it. So again, amazing, tremendous stuff here from Big Pun. showing his ability to do all different things and to not only just have to do one at a time. I mean, this is just... Ridiculous stuff here on the back end of this first verse from Big Pun here so then he goes on to my squad is real which is builds off of hard to kill my squad is real and holds it down the hardest regardless besides of the largest we polish the floor with the rawest hardcore artists now what he's saying is feeding off of he's saying okay you're doing this but I'm not impressed because you're, you're doing it In a fashion where it's not impressive. You're picking on pussies or whatever the case is, right? He's saying... My squad is real and holds it down the hardest regardless. Besides of the largest, we polish the floor with the rawest hardcore artists. So he's saying... The shit that you're doing to a bunch of pussies... I'll do to the people that you consider to be the hardest. So... He's also saying besides of the largest. So he's basically saying not only are we the ruggedest, not only are we the hardest regardless, aside from being the largest on top of that, we do it to the ruggedest people. So he's indicating a lot of things there, using a lot of strong points to make a valid statement here. Now I'm not saying that they're the largest, hardest squad. I'm just saying for the point that he's trying to make, all these things make sense. All these things, all these bars led into each other well and had everything to do with each other. It's not a particular topic that he's holding on the song, but he hasn't strayed here. He hasn't gone off, you know, into left field and just started rhyming about random shit. Now, technically speaking with this line, we have an A, 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 B, 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 A rhyme pattern here. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I promise you that's what it is. So, again... Big pun able to pull off his fourth different rhyme scheme here on the less than 16 bars. He also has twelve syllables rhymed on top of the rhyme scheme there. So we have my squat is A, real, and holds it down the hardest A, regardless A. Besides of the largest A. We polish the floor, B. With the raw, b is hardcore, B-artists, A. So again, just ridiculous stuff from pun here. 12 to 14 syllables rhymed. A ridiculous rhyme pattern. A totally different rhyme pattern than anything he's done prior. So, big pun absolutely going ballistic on the second half of this verse here. Then he goes on and says, Flawless victory. You niggas can't do shit to me physically, lyrically, hypothetically, realistically. I don't need to tell you there's a lot of syllables rhymed on this two bars here, 14 to be exact. And like I said, man, I mean, just listen to this line. This is absurd. Flawless victory. You niggas can't do shit to me physically, lyrically, hypothetically, realistically. So he's just saying in no way, shape, or form can any of you fuck with me. It's a flawless victory. Nobody's fucking with me. You can't beat me in a fight. You can't beat me in a rhyme. You can't beat me hypothetically at all. Don't come up with some ridiculous scenario how you could beat me. And you can't beat me realistically either. Not hypothetically or realistically. So just let it go. You can't fuck with me at all. Now, again, is saying you can't fuck with me a ridiculous line? No. But to rhyme 14 syllables while you said it was pretty ridiculous. Then he builds off of that realistically. He goes on to say, I'm the epitome of catch and wreck. Catch you where you cash your check, smash you when you pass, and jack you for your fucking lex. So on this one, we have an A A B B B A rhyme pattern. He says, I'm the epitome of catch and wreck, A. Catch you where you cash your check, A. Smash B, you when you pass, B. Then Jack, B, you for your fucking Lex, A. So like I said, an A, A, B, 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 A rhyme pattern there. And another ten syllables rhymed on the two bars. So again, more than one incredible thing here on the two bars from Pun. A lot of the stuff that he's done here has raised this song score. It's It's easily above a two already. It's pushing a two and a half. And I have no doubt about it that the third verse from Pun, if nothing else, is going to carry this to a three. But... The last two bars here on the first 16 are nothing less than the best of the squad did it. Hard-headed niggas better beware and fear like God said it. So again, more incredible stuff. We have an A, A, B, B, C, C, B rhyme pattern here. Yes, we have that. Nothing less, A, than the best, A, if the squad did it, B. Hard-headed, B. Niggas better beware, see, and fear, see, like God said it, B. So in A, A, B, B, C, C, B rhyme pattern there, which again is different than anything he's used prior. This is original and unique, and this is extremely difficult. This is not one that you see people doing. On top of the rhyme scheme, he's got another 13 syllables rhymed on the two bars here, so again two more things to raise the song score again this song is at a two and a half at this point we'll let the rest of the hook play out and then we'll get into the second verse by pun which is the last verse of the song we'll go through half of that and then we'll knock out the second half i can almost guarantee this is going to be a great song pun just going ballistic here
1: i gave a fair warning beware beware i gave a fair warning beware Hey yo, I warned you, no all niggas could do is mourn you I'm born to kill, i still thrilled to put it on you, there's no regrets, remorse only results in loneliness So need a strong survivors strive through life as warriors, all of us die Some of us killed, even massacred, who wanna try? What is your will if you ask for it? I'm hazardous for your health, but hell's your next stop For real, my shit's cocked, the world is just stopped
0: so I wanted to pause that there. I mean, it, honestly, bro, like this guy is just so ridiculous that it, it's, like I said, it's going to be hard to even find everything right now as I'm sitting here reading text. I mean, this is just absolutely incredible stuff. He comes and he says, hey, yo, I warned you. Now all niggas could do is mourn you. I'm born to kill and still thrilled to put it on you. So he's basically just saying like, you know, you can place the blame on me all you want. But I warned you, I told you in the beginning to to stop this shit, right? You thought pun shit was weak, now you can't sleep, all that shit. I warned you, I told you to shut the fuck up, I told you to stop talking shit about me. So he's basically just saying, I warned you, and I tried to prevent this from happening, you didn't want to listen, and now, none of your boys or your people could do anything except mourn you. You're gone, nobody can bring you back. So, it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong, who's sorry, who's this, who's that, you're gone. And then he says, "I'm born to kill and still thrilled to put it on you." So he's basically just saying, bro, like I was born to kill. Like this shit is not affecting my conscience at all. Believe me. Keep pushing my buttons and I'm 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 fucking pumped. Please. I'm 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 hoping that somebody would push the wrong button and have me fucking do something cuz I've been waiting for it. It's kind of the the message he's trying to send out. Now, again, There's nothing overly ridiculous about this line. There's no crazy punchline, nothing like that. But we do have an A, 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 B, 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 A rhyme pattern, which again is something different than the other rhyme patterns he used. And I think that this is important to point out how that's the sixth or seventh rhyme scheme that this guy has used, and every single one has been different. So this is what I'm talking about when you start to notice people's patterns, right? Where you could have a guy that, and, and off the top of my head, I remember Big Noid in general being one of these people where you can have like a rhyme scheme every bar. But if it's just the same A, B, A, B rhyme scheme, and it's just the four syllables with single syllable rhymes on the two bars, are you going to get credit for that? Sure you are. But that's only going to carry you so far. If you're doing that all the time throughout the course of 10 albums or whatever it is, that's only, again, that's only going to carry you so far. You're going to have to do more. You're going to have to be better. Just the fact that you're doing ABAB over and over and over again. Okay, great. You've shown us that you can do ABAB. And yes, you're going to get credit for it when you do it. But can you do anything else? If you haven't, then I'm sorry, but you've shown me an inability to do otherwise. Pun, obviously, nowhere near having that problem. I mean, we're on the 6th to 7th different rhyme scheme in less than two verses here. And there was a couple out of the six or seven that were very original, unique rhyme patterns and very difficult rhyme patterns that you either don't see very often or haven't seen yet from anybody. So, very, very impressive stuff here from Pun. This song is almost at a great song right now. He needs a couple of, you know, a couple more things to to raise it a little bit but it's right there we're, at, we're looking at like a 2.75 with 14 bars left right now so let's go on to the next couple of bars and see what he says he says there's no regrets which is basically what I just told you he was insinuating I I'm, I don't have a conscious bro I'm not going to regret doing this to you so he says there's no regrets remorse only results in loneliness only the strong survive and strive through life as warriors So he's basically telling you, bro, listen, I have a particular mind frame. There's no regrets. Remorse only results in loneliness. So what the fuck would I do that for? If I'm upset about the things that I do, it's going to result in me being by myself. And that's not what I want either. So fuck remorse, fuck guilt, fuck regrets, all that. I don't give a fuck. Fuck around and I'm going to kill you. I tried to warn you. You didn't want to listen. So building off of him saying there's no regrets, remorse only results in loneliness... He then gives another opinion that he has, only the strong survive and strive through life as warriors. Now, loneliness and warriors is a stretch for a rhyme, a little bit. I I won't say that they're technically just very simple rhymes, you know, similar to warned and mourned, like those are clear rhymes. This is a little bit of a stretch, which Pun did do sometimes. But again, I mean, look at how ridiculous this guy is. We can't just bash him for... Oh! Loneliness and warriors! That doesn't rhyme. The way that he says it, it sounds good enough. Listen. There's no regrets. Remorse only results in loneliness. Only the strong survive and strive to life as warriors. So again, if you really want to give the guy shit there, then let it even out because we do have a rhyme scheme here again as he has survive, strive, in between loneliness and warriors. So... If you don't want to give him credit for Loneliness and Warriors, then that's fine. You could just break this even here. We did a lot of this with Eminem where I, I was kind of just giving Eminem the short end of the stick on almost every bar. To then prove that even though I shitted on him and gave him the short end of the stick every time, this was still a great song and he was still ridiculous. So... Again, just to play devil's advocate, let's not give Pun the credit here. Let's say Loneliness and Warriors isn't close enough for a rhyme, and we'll call it even with the rhyme scheme. We'll let that cancel each other out, and we won't raise the song score here. It's not going to matter. I can pretty much guarantee you that. So then he says, All of us die. Some of us kill. Even massacre. Who want to try? Punisher will if you ask for it. So some incredible stuff here as... We have an A, B, C, A, B, C rhyme pattern here, which again is another different rhyme scheme that he's used. It's again another unique and original one that you not only don't see often, but I'm not sure if we've seen it up to this point in the study. And again, it's a very difficult one. I mean, rhyme schemes in general are difficult. Obviously, the more rhymes that you have, the more difficult they become. The more you're scattering these things around, the more difficult they become. The higher number of different rhymes that you bring in here. So it's not just an A-B would pun. It's an A-B-C. So he's throwing in a whole nother batch of rhymes that aren't correlated with the original two. Which aren't correlated with each other. So again, not only is there impressive stuff here, not only is there a rhyme scheme... There's a different and unique and difficult rhyme scheme that we probably haven't really seen before. And on top of having an ABC, it's all in order. It's ABC, ABC. This is very, very difficult stuff to pull off here, man. Especially coupled with the fact that these two bars lead into each other well and make perfect sense. This could have just been a random statement that would have just made perfect sense. And he managed to get in this ABC, ABC rhyme pattern in here. So again, now that I've pointed it out, listen to it. All of us die. Some of us kill. Even massacre. Who want to try? a will if you ask for it. So again, the lines make perfect sense. They lead into each other well. There's nothing wrong with that just standing by itself as a statement. But again, he manages to make it special on top of that. All of us die, A. Some of us kill, B. Even massacre, C. Who want to try, A. Punisher will, B. If you ask for it, C. So again, massacre, ask for it. It's a little bit of a stretch for a rhyme, but listen, if we're going to debate every time over, eh, you know, it kind of rhymes, it kind of doesn't, the way he says it makes it rhyme. Okay, cool. So, you know, call some of them rhymes, call some of them not rhymes. Like I said, none of this shit is going to matter at the end of the day. This is going to wind up being a great song. Even if it doesn't, it's already at a 2.75. We've seen absolutely incredible stuff here from Pun to understand that this guy is an absolutely tremendous lyricist and he's not incapable of rhyming this last part of this bar here. I just think that He's stretching words a little bit. It's the way that he raps. It's the amount of syllables that he uses. It's the rhyme schemes that he uses. He makes it work. And this is absolutely incredible stuff here. So on top of that rhyme scheme, he's got another 10 syllables rhymed. So again, if you really want to be nitpicking and you don't want to count this, then you can go right ahead. And I'll even allow you to eliminate the rhyme scheme and the syllables and not raise anything here. I want to go ahead, and I want to count this, and I want to I wanna officially say that this song is a three, but again, just because I like to play devil's advocate and make strong points, I'm going to go ahead and say, fuck it, don't count it, and I guarantee you he gets this up to a great song anyway. So then he goes on to say, I'm hazardous for your health, and hell's your next stop. For real, my shit's caught. The world has just stopped. So on this one, we have an A, A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern, which again, is different than anything he's used prior in this song. And again, it's just incredible. There's always something that this guy is doing. And if it's not something, it's multiple things. I'm hazardous for your health, A. And hell's, A. Your next stop, B. For real, A. My shit's cocked, B. The world, A, has just stopped, B. So just technically more good stuff there from Big Pun, and there's no debate here on whether these things rhyme or not, so no question about it, there's a rhyme scheme in here. Even if you want to say, like, hell and real don't rhyme or whatever, again, it's the way he says it. I'm hazardous for your health, and hell's your next stop. For real, my shit's cocked. The world has just stopped. So you can see what he's doing there. Again, you want to nitpick and you want to say it's not an exact rhyme, Leave him at a 2.75 again. Like I said, it's not going to make any difference. Pun an absolutely incredible lyricist. This will wind up being a great song, I'm sure of it. So I wanted to stop it there because that kind of was a pause in the verse. And I I figured let's break down what was there. And then he's going to get back into going absolutely ballistic here. And I didn't really want to break up this second half of this verse here. So I wanted to let the whole rest of this play out. So... Let's let the last parts of this song play out and then we'll break that down and talk about the song score and other stuff going forward.
1: I'm not the one you should be underestimating Come test your fate and I guarantee I'll be Under investigation, you can't handle The whole I slam you on your skull and we can Go blow for blow like Evander and Bo You never know, however though I Still hold the title, we know my rival's a chance To dance, we'll miss the homicidal, and On the Bible I swear to defend my crown I've been around since forever and never let it Touch the ground, Don't fuck around and catch A rude awakening, my crew's basically waiting Patiently for you to move your patrons in The we'll surround you, form doesn't storm And pound you, look around you, cherish everywhere, like sounds you the bookie down, do it like nobody. Who are we? The foundation. You facing a whole arm. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, beware. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, beware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up now, partner? Know what I'm saying? I think this is just some rap shit? We do this shit for real, Terror Squad, nigga. Shoot the place up, motherfuckers know the time, motherfucking rap game. Joe Crack, big dog punisher, full of cliffs the fuck? what One, beware, 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 beware.
0: So, again, that was Big Pun, Beware, off of his debut album Capital Punishment in 1998, which. Like I said, is one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. So, definitely glad we got to hear that one today, regardless of the song scoring. But let's just break down these last bars, and then we can check out what our list looked like for today. So he says, "I'm not the one you should be underestimating. Come test your fate, and I guarantee I'll be under investigation." So first of all, we got twelve syllables rhymed on the two bars there, which is obviously impressive stuff so we're almost at a three right there and again these bars make perfect sense they lead into each other well. he's continuing to put out the same vibe energy and message and content on the entire song hasn't strayed and started randomly talking about the rims on his car or any other random shit that has nothing to do with any other thing that he said in the song so I'm not the one you should be underestimating. Come test your fate, and I guarantee I'll be under investigation. So he's just saying, listen, bro. Just like he said earlier, I tried to warn you, right? You didn't want to listen. I'm warning you again. I'm not the one you should be underestimating. But if you don't believe me, come test your fate, and I guarantee I'll be under investigation. Obviously talking about being under investigation from the cops for whatever he did to the dude that... Didn't heed his warning and underestimated pun. So again, solid stuff there. Then he says, you can't handle the hole. I'll slam you on your skull or we can go blow for blow like Evander and Bo. Couple things here. So now, again, skull is not really a rhyme with hole or blow or a bow. Right? I get that. But again, his line doesn't have to necessarily end or have that pause there. So we can say, you can't handle the whole first bar, period, stands by itself, cool. Then he goes on to say, I'll slam you on your skull or we can go blow for blow like Evander and Bo. So again, these bars make perfect sense. They lead into each other well. Nothing too incredible here as far as rhyme schemes or syllables rhymed. And that's not that incredible of a line when he references the Evander and Bo thing. Now he makes perfect sense, again. I don't know who has or hasn't seen Evander Holyfield versus Riddick Bowe, but the fight is an absolute war. These guys were basically just standing toe-to-toe going blow-for-blow, shot-for-shot. So what he's saying makes perfect sense. I just don't think it's that incredible of a line to have to raise the song score or anything like that. So what do we got here? Two quote-unquote filler lines from Big Pun out of the whole entire song so far. Everything else has been absolutely technically incredible. Feeding off of we can go blow for blow like Evander and Bo, he says, you never know. However, though, I still hold the title. Give all my rivals a chance to dance with Mr. Homicidal. So first of all, we have an AABBCCB rhyme scheme here. He says, you never know, A. However, though, A. I still hold the title, B. Give all my rivals, B, a chance C to dance C with Mr. Homicidal B. So on top of that rhyme scheme we have another 18 syllables rhymed here and listen to what he's saying. You never know however though I still hold the title give all my rivals a chance to dance with Mr. Homicidal. Leads into each other well makes perfect sense saying I still hold the title but I'll give all my rivals a chance to dance with Mr. Homicidal Obviously referring to himself as Mr. Homicidal. I mean, again, the energy and the message of the track has remained the same. We can all understand what he's getting at here. With those things included, there is absolutely no chance in hell that this song is not a great song, technically speaking. So, unless he absolutely shits on the song in the last whatever amount of bars it is here, which I can assure you he's not going to do... This is going to be a great song no matter what, whether you gave Pun credit for those earlier things or not. And that's why I like to point out that, fuck it, I'm not even going to give him the credit for it. Because I want to show you that it's not my bias in just saying, Ah, you know what, that was close enough for a rhyme, I'll give it to him. That's not what I'm doing here, trust me. I'm holding everybody accountable for what they're doing. Pun is just so ridiculous that those little things just don't wind up mattering at the end of the day. He's just too good and it doesn't matter. So coming off of what he's saying would give all my rivals a chance to dance with Mr. Homicidal. Then he says, "Hand on the Bible, I swear to defend my crown. I've been around since forever, but never let it touch the ground." So on this one we got an A A B B C C B rhyme pattern, which he has used in this song. So that is the first one that he's repeated. But again. Very unique, not one that you see often, and he's done it twice in the same song, which tell you something in itself. This is something that most people are not capable of doing. I'm through a hundred and whatever it is, 89 artists so far, and I've seen maybe three people, four people max use this rhyme pattern, or something of, or something that's on the same skill level as this rhyme pattern. This guy has used it twice in the same fucking song. And this is just randomly a song that popped on. Like, it's not like this is his best song and I picked this out particularly or something like that. So, again, just really, really absurd and ridiculous stuff here from Big Pun. can run through it to explain to you what we have. Hand on the Bible. I swear to defend A, my crown B. I've been A around B since forever C and never C let it touch the ground B. So, like I said, just incredible stuff there from Pun. And what's mind-boggling to me, I've pointed this out before, but forget the rhyme schemes. Forget all of the technical shit when I read this line to you right now. I just want you to listen to the words of what he's saying. Hand on the Bible, I swear to defend my crown. I've been around since forever and never let it touch the ground. It makes perfect sense when you put your hand on the Bible in court. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Right? Here, pun. Hand on the Bible. I swear to defend my crown. I've been around since forever and never let it touch the ground. You know, just saying. I've had this fucking crown on since the day I came out. And ain't nobody taking Not only is nobody taking it from me, I've never even let it fall off my head. But, again, instead of just finding a simple way to say that, Pun has an elaborate rhyme scheme where he's able to get his point across while being technically impressive. Then he goes on to say, don't fuck around and catch a rude awakening, my crew's basically waiting patiently for you to move your patrons in. So on these two, we got an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern. We also have another 10 syllables rhymed on the two bars here, so again, not just one thing to raise the song score for Pun, but two things in two bars, and... This has just been consistently ridiculous, the entire song. Now, I want you to also keep in mind that there's only two verses on this song. And long before we got anywhere even near the middle of the second verse, this was basically a great song already. Coupled with the fact that this is one of Pun's more popular songs, which I won't even really touch on. It's not his most popular song. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to... You could have started this song off at a one and a half. It's not going to matter. You wouldn't need to. You could start the song at a one. You can count syllables, rhyme schemes, all that type of shit. Punchlines, metaphors, similes, all that type of shit. Just up to halfway through the second verse. You can play Devil's Advocate and not give him credit for those four bars that were in the first half of the second verse. And you'd still be at a great song here. So again, just no question about the ridiculousness of what Pun's doing here. There's no getting around it, no sidestepping it, really, really incredible stuff here from pun across the board. Then he says, coming off of, my crew is basically waiting patiently for you to move your patrons in, he says, then we'll surround you, form Desert Storm and pound you. Look around you, terror squads everywhere like Soundview. Now this is one of those scenarios where it seems like you're getting a lot of syllables run, but you're not, because it's surround you, pound you. Around you. Sound view is the only one that's a double syllable there at the end. So we're really only getting about five syllables rhymed here. We have surround, pound, around, and sound view. So here he says, then we'll surround you, A, form B, does it storm B and pound you a look around you a terror squads everywhere like sound view a. So we have an A B B a a a rhyme pattern, which again is different from anything he's used prior to this and just more technically impressive stuff here from pun quite frankly and he doesn't need any of this. like I said, the song is a three regardless. he's been piling on these points. I'm pointing them out to you to just let you guys know you know some of the stuff that he's doing, some of the rhyme patterns he's using. The amount of syllables he's rhyming and shit like that. I'm just trying to point out technicalities to you. But at this point, none of it matters. This is a great song and it's going to be a great song. Now, for those of you that don't know, Soundview is a neighborhood in the Bronx, which pun is obviously from the Bronx. We've we've gotten that in his background info and his read up and all that type of stuff. So then he goes on to say, the boogie down do it like nobody. Who are we? The foundation. You're facing a whole army. So nothing too ridiculous there on the last two bars for pun. Like I said, not that it matters. When he says the boogie down, that's a nickname for the Bronx. So talking about Soundview, a neighborhood in the Bronx, the boogie down, a nickname for the Bronx. So, you know, just referencing the neighborhood he's from there. And then nothing really special on the last two bars there. The boogie down, do it like nobody. Who are we? The foundation you face in a whole army. Just pretty simple, straightforward stuff there on the last two bars. But like I said, he didn't need anything else. So without a doubt, No way around it. That is absolutely a great song there from Big Pun. I will tell you off the bat, that is certainly not the best of Big Pun. Had Twins or something like that came on, then we probably would have really been mind blown. I think Twins would have probably been a great song after the first verse. But again, only two verses here from Pun. One of his more popular songs and just incredible, incredible stuff there. That song was probably closer to a four than it was to a three. Don't quote me, I'm not being exact on that. I stopped counting after he was clearly at a three. I did continue to point things out to you guys, but was not really counting in my head and adding to where it got to because it was just unnecessary at that point. But like I said, just incredible stuff there from Big Pun overall. Like I said, man, Big Pun, one of my favorite rappers of all time... Both of it, both of his albums were classics. His first album is in my top 25 favorite hip hop albums of all time. I always had Pun inside of my top 5. Maybe top 10, maybe I'm forgetting something off the top of my head, but I really think that Pun was usually always inside of my top 5. Did not disappoint here today. Absolutely incredible stuff across the board obviously want to say rest in peace to big pun man i really do wish big pun was still around like i said one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time but unfortunately no longer with us so rest in peace to big pun definitely got to give him a major shout out not only was it incredible what this guy was able to do but he was able to accomplish all this shit in really just a two-year window so like i said just majorly incredible stuff here from big pun i really hope that you guys are able to see from this breakdown what an absolutely incredible lyricist this big pun was and are able to give this guy his credit because he is without a doubt one of the greatest rappers of all time so major shout out and rest in peace to big pun so now as promised let's get into our lists as usual we'll start off with our top 10 percent overall and in our top spot here today we have eminem who's in first place of 189 artists done overall Directly behind him in 2nd place is Jay-Z, and directly behind Jay in 3rd, we now have Big Pun. Directly behind Pun in 4th is Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, and directly behind him is AZ, who's in 5th place. Directly behind him in 6th is Big L, and directly behind L is Nas, who's in 7th. Directly behind Nas in 8th place is Method Man, and a couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 10th place. Directly behind Thought we directly behind Thought in 11th place we have Killer Priest. And directly behind Priest we have Tupac Biggie and Jadakus who are all in a three-way tie for 12th place. Behind them we have a tie for 16th place between Faro Manch and Jussala of Jedi Mind Tricks. Behind them we have KRS1 who's in 19th place. Directly behind him in 20th is Rock of Helta Skelta. And directly behind Rock is Proof, who's in 21st place of 189 artists done overall. So, a bunch of things here today. Not only does Big Pun now slide into our current top 10% overall list, but he's in a solid third place, which means we now have our top 8 artists in a row revealed with no skips now. Back in the 80s and even early 90s, it was g- this guy's in 4th. The guy behind him is in 9th. The guy behind him is in 13th, and and on and on. Now we have 1 through 8 revealed in order. So definitely exciting stuff there. Took a long time to get here, and I can't say that these guys will all stay here. But up to this point in time, we do have the top 8 people in order revealed. Again, these scores are always subject to change, so nothing is final yet. But this is how we stand for now. So with that addition, naturally that means that we should be losing an artist on this list, but not this week as because of the total number of artists covered on the podcast, this top 10% list grows from a top 17 to a top 18, which allows proof to hang on to our final spot in our top 10% overall and live to fight another week. So shout outs to Pun for finishing super high on this list proof for hanging on to his spot and anybody else in this overall list thus far. Now let's get into our top 10% lyrically so far. In our top spot we have Eminem who has a lyrical score of nine and a half. In a five-way tie for second place behind M, we have Pharrell, Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, AZ, and Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks who all got lyrical scores of eight and a half. Behind them, in a three-way tie for 7th place, we have Method Man, Jay-Z, and Big Pun, who all got lyrical scores of 8. In a four-way tie for 10th place, behind them, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. And And then in a five-way tie for our last spot, which is 14th place, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, Slug of Atmosphere, Kiss of the Locks, and Killer Priest, who all receive lyrical scores of 7. So, pun now 2 for 2 on cracking these lists, sliding into a three-way tie for 7th place lyrically overall. So, reminiscent of last week when we had Killer Priest also able to crack both of our first two lists, but then none after that. And I do want to just point out real quick before we move on from this, How remarkable it is that Big Pun and Big L are both so high on these lists with the small body of work they were able to present. So, definite shoutouts to them and anyone else in this list right here for sure. Heavy, heavy bar spitters. Now, let's get into our particular decades list. We're going to start off with our top artists to make their debut in the 1980s. So, your top five artists to make their debut in the 80s are... KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rock Him, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. Spots all but cemented here, so major shoutouts to the legends. Now, let's move into our 90s decade. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 90s thus far are Eminem, Jay-Z, Big Pun, Vinny Paz, and AZ. So unlike Killer Priest last week, Pun is able to crack another list he's eligible for, sliding right into the middle of the ever-elusive top 5 of the 90s so far. So Pun 3 for 3 on these lists so far. And this unfortunately means that Big L is no longer in our top 5 artists to come out in the 90s. And that's just so absolutely ridiculous to say. A couple weeks back we had Vinny Paz sliding into third and knocking Nas out which was crazy enough in itself. Now this week we have pun sliding out Big L and not only does it sound crazy to say but it is crazy for more than one reason. Currently Big L is sitting in sixth place overall but is not inside of our top five artists of the 90s Which obviously means that the top six are all 90s guys. So interesting stuff there. I'm curious to see how long it stays like that. And what's also crazy about it is, and you guys know I love my crazy quote-unquote coincidences and ironic things that happen on this podcast all the time. So when I was giving my opinions and expectations of Big Pun in the beginning of this episode... I was telling you guys a story about how me and my friend used to always debate who was better between Big Pun and Big L, and I could never really pick one over the other. Well, I was right in the sense that they are extremely close, both overall and lyrically, but how crazy is it that Big Pun happens to be the one to knock Big L out of our top five rappers from the 90s list? I mean, come on. It's like Pun talking to us from his grave and answering the debate I've been having for the past two decades. But nonetheless, absolutely awesome stuff here from both Pun and L. who like I said, it's astonishing what they were able to do in just a couple of years with such a small body of work. So shoutouts to Big Pun and Big L, as well as an obvious rest in peace and shoutouts to anybody else in these lists also. Now let's move on to our top regional list. We're going to start off with our East Coast. So your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York, Big Pun from the Bronx, New York, and Vinnie Paz from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Moving across the country to our West Coast, your top three artists to come out of the West Coast thus far are Tupac from Marin County, California, Raz from Carson, California, and Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the south thus far are Little Wayne from New Orleans, Orleans, Louisiana, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia, and Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Now sliding over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, Proof also from Detroit, Michigan, And Common from Chicago, Illinois. So, Big Pun comes in like an absolute fucking maniac. Goes four for four. Cracks every list he's eligible for. Near the top in all of them, I might add. And once again, we see something crazy ironic here. In our last list, we had Pun oust Big L from the top five rappers of the 90s list. Last week, Big L was in that number three spot of our top artists from the East Coast. This week, Pun knocks Big L off of that list. I mean, seriously? Super crazy with the way this all worked out. And that now officially puts the Bronx, the birthplace of hip-hop, rightfully with the spot in our top artists to come from the East Coast so far. Absolutely incredible stuff here from Big Pun today, going off on all accounts and really making a mark. So, major shout outs to Pun, Shout out to Hussein Fatal for making the cut and the rest of the Outlaws and anybody else that's in any of these lists here today. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash of the Tapes Podcast. Best place for you to follow along to see everything in writing. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash of the Tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you see a support here. Please send a little support over to your boy and hit that button. I don't mind if it's a dollar or whatever. Greatly appreciated nonetheless. It's a thought that counts. And that's it for today, man. Next week on Tale of the Tapes, we'll be covering DMX and Bronx duo Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. And this one's going to be a solid episode for sure. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. Better off.